Hi, my name is Yasmin Anwar. Hello, my name is Will Allen. And welcome to the Trainee Insights Podcast. We've had a break over the summer, but now we are back to bring you discussions about life as a trainee or junior lawyer at Ropes and Gray in London. You may notice something different about today's podcast. Yasmin and I, rather than Emilio and Quasi, will be your hosts of this podcast, as the inevitable cycle of being a trainee has resulted in Quasi and Emilio qualifying as associates in our asset management practice and our private equity practice, respectively. By way of introduction about me, I'm a fourth seat trainee in our London office, currently sitting in our data, privacy and cybersecurity team. I've previously sat in our firm's tax, leveraged finance and private equity group. And I'm a third seat trainee, currently sitting in our private equity group. My first and second seats were in the firm's antitrust and asset management team. In this podcast series, we seek to provide you with insights into the culture of the firm and practical advice about how to excel as a trainee or make an application to the firm. And welcome to this episode of Trainee Insights the podcast about life as a trainee at Ropes and Gray's London office. This podcast is for everybody who has an interest in applying for a training contract in the firm's London office. Today's episode, we're joined by Beverly Sorsby, Director of Human Resources in our London office. Beverly heads our London HR team, overseeing the firm's recruitment strategy, business support needs, rewards and incentives programme, and the London office's associate talent functions. Beverly has been at the firm for nine years, having previously worked in HR across a range of other leading international law firms in London. And how's everyone doing today? I'm doing very well, thanks. Beverly, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Excellent, glad to hear it. So let's get into what is coming up on this episode. So we'll be speaking to Beverly about the nature of the firm's trainee recruitment process. Beverly will also be offering some insights into the upcoming recruitment campaign and what we in Ropes and Gray look for in prospective applicants. Okay, great. So without further ado, let's get into the questions. Um, So Beverly, can you tell us a bit about the trainee recruitment strategy at the London office, please? Sure. So trainee recruitment strategy is a resourcing strategy, and it's designed to help us attract and select exceptionally talented students who we go on to train and mentor and develop into trainees, which creates a pipeline of our associate resource and ultimately, hopefully one day become leaders of, of the firm. So the London office is 12 years old now, so it's still relatively young compared to our US peers. Uh, We're still in growth mode, which is reflected in the recent increase of trainee headcount. We've gone from seven to 12 a year. We've also recently moved from two intakes a year in March and September to an annual September intake. So we, because we thought that one entry route So like one point each year and a larger intake will help not only provide support to the office, the training support to the office, but most importantly, it sort of creates a solid pipeline of newly qualified junior resource for our transactional practice groups. I'd also say with our selection strategy, we've decided to um, recruit solely from vacation schemes because we believe it's really important to have like one consistent route to entry, which allows us to rigorously assess our future trainees. Final thing I'd say about our strategy is that we've also made a deliberate decision to separate the assessment from the vacation scheme. So we've got one dedicated assessment day, which allows us to assess the candidates. And then it allows then the vacation scheme to provide a real life example of what it's like to be a trainee at the firm. You know, obviously from first hand experience, I can say that getting the assessment that day out of the way before you go on the VAC scheme is it's so valuable. It just allows you to concentrate on your work and and actually enjoy the scheme and, and get loads out of it. The SQE is quite a hot topic at the moment. Um, would you mind saying a few words about how the firm's recruitment process has altered, uh, if at all, uh, with the introduction of the SQE? 
Sure. So I would start by saying, I mean, the SQE is a significant change to the entry route within legal profession. It went through considerable consultation with both the law firms themselves and, and academic providers in the London office. We put together a, an SQE committee consisted of people from HR and my training colleagues, key partners across the office to look at the requirements, the new requirements and how we might apply those to to the the firm. We actually haven't needed to alter the recruitment process per se, but we have decided to transition straight to the SQE regime. So from the 2023 intakes and next year, all students that are joining will have will have taken the um, SQE examinations, and certainly all students are going to be applying for for next year's VAC schemes will need to have been committed to the SQE route. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see that how that um, sort of develops. Um, so, what is the firm looking for when assessing applications from prospective applicants? Are there any tips that you can give our listeners? Sure. So we've actually tried to simplify our form over the last few years. So you're now only asked to provide academic results alongside the answer to just one question. And the question is designed to assess your commercial awareness as well as your knowledge of the firm. My top tips is to research the firm thoroughly. I would also tailor your application to the firm so we, you can demonstrate that you understand our firm specifically and its culture. I would also say that we want to see your individual personality and certainly your motivation to, um, you know, for, a, for a career in law. So please don't feel shy about sort of bringing a different perspective to the application form within reason, of course. On the point of, of applications, you might like to know because it's a question we get asked a lot. You know, do we review on a rolling basis? We actually don't. We just have um, one annual window. So that means you have until the deadline of the 31st of January to complete your form. Thanks very much. Um, so the London office operates a blind approach to trainee cr- recruitment. Please could you give our listeners some detail on what this means for applicants and you know, how the firm approaches a blind review of an applicant's application? Sure. So in practice, a blind assessment approach means that the applicant's um, name and personal detail and school are redacted or not shared with the screeners or the assessors. So specifically in the application form stage, that's known as sort of CV blind. And all of the, the names, personal details and schools are all redacted. So the assessor are just reviewing the form based on the content of the application. Um, so the answer to the question and the academic results. And then during the assessment process, no candidate information is shared with the assessors beforehand. So just like the screeners screening the application forms, the interviewers and the assessors are not going to have any pre-information about the the candidates. So this um, is a a deliberate strategy to reduce any unconscious bias or affinity bias that might occur at those various stages in the process. Yeah, and I think this blind approach sort of, it really feeds into the the diverse group of people at Ropes and Gray and you know people have such different backgrounds different hobbies and we've got sort of like ex-hockey players we've got ex-actors um so yeah I think that really feeds ex-teachers <laughs> yeah lots of lots of different career backgrounds as well a bit about the assessment process so Beverly was actually one of my um interviewers on on my assessment center so, Beverly, what can an applicant expect to encounter during the assessment process for a vacation scheme placed in the um, London office? Sure. So, so our assessment day is um, intentionally rigorous. Um, it's it's full-on one-day assessment centre. 
Uh, it comprises of an interview. Uh, that's with partners and uh, members of the HR teams, council. Um, there's then a written exercise, a negotiation exercise, and a presentation. And the assessments are designed to assess the attributes that we're looking for. So namely, people that are motivated and interested in pursuing a career in corporate law, uh, who are people who are collaborative and enjoy working as part of a team, people who are entrepreneurial, we also look for people who are intellectual, who are curious, and who are detail-focused. Um, I think that students should prepare uh, for the assessment day by researching the firm. Think of perhaps obvious questions that we, we might ask at, in, uh, at the interview. The other thing that I'd also say about the assessment centres is I know that there are lots of opportunities for, to practice some of the skills that we're, we're assessing you on. So for example, that some career services might run mock interviews or negotiation exercises. So I'd recommend um, you taking advantage of those. And can you tell us a little bit about the vacation scheme itself? Yeah, sure. So as we mentioned earlier, we, we've intentionally separated the assessment day from the VAC scheme. So the VAC scheme should then be used as like an experience so that, you know, trainees can get an, a, an understanding of what it's like to, to work at the, the firm. So it really gives people and candidates uh, an opportunity to do real, like, proper trainee work, experience the culture of the firm, um, like the way the dynamic and um, the vibrancy of the office. But we do, I, I totally appreciate that this is, it's a, it, obviously an interview, so it's um, very daunting and overwhelming for, 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 for students and candidates, but we really want to, to give them the opportunity to try and relax um, and, and really enjoy the experience. And this you know, um, helps us to then um, see your true personality whilst uh, doing your time with us. I completely agree. Well, certainly I felt during my VAC scheme that, you know, having less pressure on an assessment day at the end of the scheme, for example, just, yeah, put less pressure on me and allowed me to enjoy the, the experience way more um, than, say, for example, other VAC schemes I did. Um, so moving on, Beverly, uh, uh -huh. what steps does the firm take to promote diversity in training recruitment? Okay, so we've got several interventions to help promote, um, promote diversity within our campaigns. Um, so we get diverse students applying to us. So we've got a number of targeted events uh, for female students, um, LGBTQ plus students, and this year our first black student event. We have the blind assessment process that we, we, we've just mentioned earlier. We've also used, some of you may be familiar with, it's a RARES contextual recruitment system. Um, and that's a tool that's added to the application um, process and the application form. So it enables us as um, screeners to understand the context in which an applicant experience might have been gained. Um, and it helps us basically identify um, perhaps outperformers that we may have otherwise have missed. Um, what else? We, we work with SEO. Uh, they introduce us some really talented um, students from diverse backgrounds. Um, and we've also recently uh, introduced a new social mobility program. It's called Bridge to the City um, in partnership with SEO and, and with Bloomberg, one of our, our key clients. So we were really excited to introduce this program this year. I think it's actually the first um, program that's um, for a, certainly in, within the US law firm um, that's collaborated with clients in this way. Um, so we're really proud of, of that. And the scheme's there to sort of provide students from underprivileged backgrounds the opportunity to explore career options in both the legal at Ropes and Gray and then the compliance um, settings at, at Bloomberg. 
So I think it's really important that that we have these types of social mobility programs because they're designed to give access to the profession for those people um, that absolutely have the ability to join the firm in the future and, and, and do well, but they don't currently have the means or the networks to get there. And I think it's very important that us as law firms have a responsibility to that sort of talent pool. We're basically providing them with a more of a level playing field. And the program that we designed is that they'd spend one week at Ropes and Gray, one week at Bloomberg. They got um, involved in lots of different masterclasses, so, um, whether that be around negotiation, um, you know, learning how to draft, lots of different panel events around diversity and inclusion and, and CSR. Um, and then there was lots of social opportunities as well, networking opportunities. And then at the end of the scheme, we had two students that we, um, each received a scholarship. Uh, there was a £20,000 bursary and then a guaranteed VAT scheme place for next year and then some like a long-term mentoring arrangement with one of our um, lawyers. Yeah, from a, from a trainee perspective, um, it was actually really great to be part of this Bridge to the City scheme. Like, great to meet such bright students and obviously they've got amazing futures ahead of them. So yeah, that, was, that was really enjoyable. I'm hopeful that we'll do it next year. And just moving on um, slightly, Beverly, um, what work does the London office do specifically? So we are one of London's leading private capital law firms. Um, we, all, I mean, we also advise on some of the world's largest companies on their, their most challenging issues. So we act for sophisticated private capital investors and providers and give them all the legal services they need. So whether that's fundraising, whether that's transactional deal making and financing, or whether that's antitrust, data protection, uh, restructuring re um, real estate, financial regulation tax. And then we act for leading European, US and Asia clients. And our London office um, regularly advises clients on, on global deals as well as transactions across um, the EMA market and then off, um, often working alongside our colleagues in other parts of the, of the network. I'd also say that like, whilst we have our private capital focus, we don't restrict ourselves. So there's lots of individual practice areas that are successful in their own right, um, often outside of the private capital market. And in fact, I know that they work for some of the most well-known companies in the world, particularly in life sciences and healthcare and then technology and financial services sector. So for example, our litigation and enforcement team, which specializes in financial crime and global regulation and risk, has been involved in some of the most high-profile and complex cross-border regulation investigations in recent years. I know that our privacy and data protection and cybersecurity team, Jorin Will, has helped uh, clients deal with um, legal aspects and some of the like re most recent, like biggest data breaches and cyber incidents. And then last but not least, I know our antitrust team regularly advises on very complex cases in every major European forum. And so, Beverly, how would you say Ropes is distinct from other US firms in the city uh, that also have strengths in private equity and leveraged finance? Um, so I suppose we're thinking of, you know, the Wiles, Kirklands and Lathams of the world. I don't think there's anything such thing as a, um, like a typical Ropes and Gray person, but we all have um, some things in common. So we value individualism. Uh, we really work well as a team um, and we, you know, we work great together. I know this can be backed up with what our clients are telling us because um, our marketing team recently conducted a client survey um, to ask our clients what they thought made us distinct. Um, and they said they valued our entrepreneurial spirit, our innovative approach, 
and our emotional intelligence, which is not a term that's commonly used with lawyers, um, but that's what our client said. I think they also like the fact that our solutions are tailored to exactly, um, you know, to meet their problems. And then they're not always necessarily the answer that they had initially expected. And I think they just really like our strong sense of teamwork. I think they like working with us. They like how diverse our teams are. Um, so I think that's what would distinct us from, from those, the other firms that you mentioned. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I guess another differentiating factor is that, you know, Ropes & Grow hasn't opened as many offices globally compared to its competitors. It's sort of, instead it uses a network of sort of trusted local council. Can you give us a bit more information on why that, that is? Yeah, so that's right. So, so we see London office as the hub of our European operation. Um, we have lawyers that come from more than 15 different countries and speak like more than 29 languages between them. We work across borders seamlessly. We have the experience and skill set to advise clients anywhere in the world. And we regularly advise our clients on cross-border European matters. You know, we know the markets. We, we understand the political, cultural and economic environment that, you know, that our clients operate in to get the best um, deals done. Um, and so whilst we're based in London, we're equally um, at home in, you know, other legal markets across Europe and Asia. So what we do is we have like a network of relationship law firms across, you know, Europe and the Middle East and, and Asia, which allows us to sort of draw on local expertise of, of you know, local council when we're walk, working on those cross-border deals. So this sort of preferred law firm strategy, as we call it, means that we can then choose and work with um, the very best law firms um, within those jurisdictions and so therefore can provide our clients with the highest level of commitment and service and quality with the people that have got the experience expertise in that jurisdiction and um, in our clients area of business um, and we've invested significant resource in, in sort of building and monitoring and maintaining the quality of those European firms within that preferred law firm network. One aspect of the job that I really like is you know, when local council are ever in London, they always reach out for to go for a drink or dinner, and it's yes, yeah, it's a really nice opportunity to meet to meet people from other backgrounds and countries. Yeah, and I think that's really important because you know, as as we know that, that you know our industry is is um, all about relationships, and it, it's great to have uh, build those those networks and relationships. Well, yeah, I really agree. Um, this is all actually excellent intel, Beverly. Um, so, would you mind telling us where we'll be seeing ropes and grey during the upcoming recruitment season? Sure. So I am very excited that we're going to be back on campus. I think we're going to be in, um, attending about 13 careers fairs, I think, this year. Um, then we're going to be going back on campus, returning to those universities for um, a specific presentation uh, about Ropes and Gray and, and the career path that we've got available. And we're going to be available to speak to students about the culture of the firm and life as a trainee and the student to be able to network with uh, the sort of ropes and gray representatives that will be in attendance. So the first thing we've done this year is hold several skill sessions. So people that are interested, who've attended the presentations, can then come along to um, one of the skill sessions that we're um, holding in our offices in early December. And then we've been um, collaborating, um, as we have now for a few years, with the likes of Legal Cheek and Law Careers Net Live, and um, collaborating with the various events that they host for students. So I would suggest that you keep an eye out on the website and our social media platforms for updates on our schedule and for the presentations you sign up with your local law society. 
I'm talking about social media, we've also noticed that there's a lot more activity on the social media platforms. That's absolutely right. I'm very pleased that you have noticed uh, that there's there's more activity there. So we've um, we've done a lot um, over the last year to sort of um, improve our social media. We um, revamped our recruitment website back in 2020. So it's now a global site um, and it's separated into regions. So there's plenty of specific information about the London office there. It's um, www.ropesgreyrecruiting.com forward slash UK careers um, we're now that we're back on campus we've also got some new stands and sort of merchandise in keeping with our new brand so look out for that you'll see obviously the brand on the recruitment website there's lots of great profiles of all of our trainees and you just get to know a little bit more about them and, and they talk about their experiences with the firm and then we've also been doing loads of great work to create um, content for our Instagram account of course these great podcasts that you're listening to now and we've got a legal lingo directory we've got lots of stuff that um, talks about what's going on in, on the office so again you get a, an understanding and appreciation of what the the, the experience and, and the culture's like and so um, and then there's lots of other things about application deadlines and other key information so please do check us out our handle is at ropes gray grads Thanks so much, Beverly. Uh, you've shared some absolutely fantastic insights today that are hugely helpful, and I'm sure our listeners will absolutely love them. Um, and before we let you go, we often like to round off the interview section of the podcast with something a little more left field, if you like. Would you mind telling us something about you that people may not know, um, such as you know, a favourite holiday destination or interesting hobbies, um, you know, anything along those lines, really? Sure. So um, if you listened to our, I think it was our very first podcast with um, Rushit Patel, you would have heard him telling you that he likes 90s hip hop. Well, in a similar vein, but a different genre, I, I love uh, 90s house and garage music. We're really uh, representing the 90s music scene at Ropes. We, we certainly are. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today, Beverly. You are very welcome. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion. Um, this podcast will be ongoing. We really want your support. One of the ways in which you can do this is by following us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and obviously the Instagram page that Beverly just mentioned. This podcast episode will be available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you can give us a five-star review by tweeting us, that'd be great. And anyone that leaves a review, we'll have it read out on our next episode.